Hey, 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 what's up, everybody? This is Musings of a Black Bipolar Activist. This is Lucy. Uh, today, we're going to talk about um, visibility matters, uh, specifically uh, people of color in the media. Uh, so uh, I, I actually recorded a earlier version of this podcast, but I wanted to uh, re-record it because I wanted to talk about um, Chadwick Boseman who died last month uh, from colon cancer. And the, I think the big feeling of loss that a lot of black people felt when they found out about his death uh, was a big deal. Um, so I'm gonna talk a little bit about, a little bit about um, uh, people of color, specifically black people in the media and uh, we're gonna touch, of course, on Black Panther. And uh, I don't think we'll be talking long, probably about 20 minutes, uh, we'll talk about that. So, black people in the media. I think uh, a lot of portrayals of black people in the media going back to uh, like 1800s where uh, D.W. Griffin's Birth of a Nation happened um, it is a unsettling film. It, it, it really portrays, well, it portrays black people as predators, um, as stupid, and uh, that's also the KKK is featured in that film. Um, and uh, it is, it's, it's very unsettling to watch. Uh, they're the black people, there are, well, I don't, I'm not, I was going to say the black people in there, but there are no black people in there. It's basically white people in blackface who uh, run around and have very negative stereotypes attached to it. Like I said, a lot of the characters, specifically the male characters, are um, portrayed as predators uh, after white women, uh, like soil the reputation of white women. Um, and that was the, I would say the, um, portrayal of black people was for years since film began, like moving, moving pictures, um, and, and, and with sound. I, although I do think Birth of a Nation was a silent film. Um, but anyway, check it out if you want. Uh, I think it's on YouTube, so you can watch the whole thing. It's like two hours long um so anyway we had that portrayal of black people and I think a lot of that portrayal was how people felt about black people at that time and then of course we had Gone with the Wind uh which also had a mammy character um who was played by Hattie McDaniels I believe her name is I should I should know that because um, there's so few black people nominated for Oscars, um, but she was actually the first black woman to win, and there would not be another black woman to win an Oscar until Holly Berry for Monsters Ball, and Holly Berry won in 2005. I want to say early 2000s. She won she won the Oscar in the early 2000s for Best Actress. Uh, Maddie McDonald's had Best Supporting Actress, but 
between those times, there were no black women who were nominated in any of the major categories who won. So, um, we, uh, we have these portrayals of black people. The Mammy character, very stereotypical. Uh, it's a older black woman, sometimes a heavy set black woman. Well, actually, most of the time, a heavy set black woman who is kind of like the carer character. Uh, she like goes on, goes and um, goes. I forgot my train of thought. Oh, goes and supplies like everyone's whims. Um, if you want your children taken care of, you get your mammy. Uh, if you want like errands run, you get your mammy. Cooking, mammy, all of that. Uh, the mammy character is also um, a big, is who Aunt Jemima was based off of. I think there was, and there, there has been controversy over the years, but I think since the Black Lives Matter movement has really kicked up again they are um, getting rid of Aunt Jemima character I know they did the same thing with um, Uncle Ben's rice um, they I don't I don't remember exactly if they um, oh right they're not calling it Uncle Ben's anymore they're just calling it Ben's rice um, uncle and auntie or auntie aunt uh, were a lot of like what's the word was a lot of like like what how you would say like miss or missus we're like abbre not abbreviations anyway a, an identifier um white people would call black people aunt or uncle as a semi sign of respect um but it's also very degrading because these people were not considered family at all uh, so we have that, and then we start to see black people come a little more prominent, but they still had submissive roles. I think one of my favorite movies is, um, one of my favorite movies is Imitation of Life. And there were two versions of it. There was a 1934 and a 1956 version. Um, and the story is about a uh, black woman who has a daughter who is, who is considered passing, which means uh, she's light enough that she could pass off as white. And uh, they, they become friends with this woman, a single woman, and her daughter who are white. And the daughter is very embarrassed about her mom uh, because her mom is darker and the daughter wants to basically pass off as white and live as a white girl then woman and she ends up regretting that later in her life when she, uh, the mom dies and she doesn't get a, a chance to reconcile um, with her mom and you know tell her how sorry she was for how crappy she treated her and so um, I prefer the 1950s version um, the 1930s version, the storyline was about a, a, the mom, the two moms went into um, like a baking business together. Um, I like uh, the 1950s version more because 
the two moms were kind of like sisters. They grew into like a real family relationship. Um, and I like that. I like when we can see on screen white people and black people having family relationships and it not be that big of a deal um, to see these people together on screen. Um, the daughter who played the woman who was passing, she actually was half black, I think. She, she, she was a person of color, um, which also big, big deal um, because the 1930s version did not have a woman of color playing the daughter who was passing. Uh, and so that's, um, that, that was a very good movie. That's another one to go watch. And so why does visibility matter? Visibility matters because if you are looking at the screen, <coughs> okay, sorry about that sneeze. Um, a lot of people want to see themselves represented in media and on the screen and say that our stories or their stories are being told. Um, when I was a youngin, I was born in 1986, my favorite movie was The Little Mermaid, and that came out in 89, I believe, 89, 90. So that was my favorite movie. And so my idea of a Disney princess was a white girl who's about 14, 15, uh, and has a magical life, and things would be great because everything is good in Disney, of course. And my niece, who was born in 2007, her first representation of a Disney princess on screen was Tiana. Uh, the Princess and the Frog came out in, in 2009. Uh, I remember because that was the very first movie I took my niece to see in the theaters. Uh, I took her on her birthday. Her birthday is December 24th, Christmas Eve. And I took her there and she was mesmerized. Now, that's not the first thing that she has seen, like animated movies or anything. But she was absolutely mesmerized to see Tiana on screen. And my niece is a light-skinned black girl uh, she's half British and she's half black uh, well technically ha a quarter black a quarter Dominican um, but both of those are from African lines so she's light-skinned but it was so important for her to see a girl who looked like her mom even uh, on screen and that was her favorite movie for years and she had like Tiana everything uh, when the song Almost There came on when, when we bought the DVD she would go grab the broom like Tiana did and sweep and and sing and do all that stuff and it made it made me also kind of jealous that she had that story because also Tiana was a more realistic story now it's not realistic that uh she turns into a frog but like she had like real aspirations she had like real goals she wanted to open up a restaurant make her dad proud um, she wasn't really worried about getting married she was focused on herself uh, she was self-sustaining she worked like two three jobs 
And my representation of a princess was a girl who had her head in the clouds. Uh, she didn't really have any real aspirations except for getting with Prince Eric. Um, she was white, uh, so she didn't look like me. She had red hair. She didn't, like, the furthest definition of who I am. I'm about medium brown. I have, like, short, curly hair, like, tight curls, uh, wear glasses, and it it wasn't anything that I could visibly say, like, oh, I could do that. It was just someone who was in, like, fairy tale land. My niece is very uh, goal-oriented, very driven, and she had a good example in Tiana. Um, she eventually grew out of her Disney phase, as all girls do, uh, but she'll still sit and watch Princess and, the, Princess and the Frog if it comes on. And that's a big deal because, as, as everyone knows, Princess Tiana was the first black princess. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people were like, why, why are we making such a big deal about this, that she's the first black princess? The, the big deal is it was 2009 and that was the first black princess. Disney princesses, I believe the very first one was Snow White. And that was in 1940, I think. It was either Cinderella or um, Snow White. Those were the first Disney princesses. And that's like a huge gap. That's like 70 year gap between Princess and the Frog and, um, and Snow White. And Snow White was really, really white. Um, and then we had, we had other princesses in there before um, we had Pocahontas which was a whole different story. Um, sorry if you can hear the dog. Um, we had the princess and the frog. I, I mean, not the princess and the frog. We had Pocahontas, who the story was completely skewed to be uh, sympathetic to John Smith. And we had, let's see, we had Mulan, who was Asian. Um, and she was a strong character. This also goes back to people of color. She was a strong character. Um, and then I think that might be it. Those are the people of color that we had for Disney princess and it having like such a huge, huge company like Disney not have diversity, uh, is unsettling. They've had a lot more diversity since, since the princess and the frog. Um, we've had, um, let's see, uh, we've had some more white princesses, but, uh, Moana, she is Polynesian, I think. Um, and then we've had, oh, wow. Maybe we haven't. I can't think of any. Anyway, um, it, it's, it's a huge deal. Um, and, uh, sorry, that's the dog. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's a, it's a huge deal to be able to see yourself, um, on um, on film because like a lot of even a lot of cosplay or 
like Halloween costumes are geared and oriented towards white characters. Um, we see a lot of like the princesses again uh, for Disney, um, cartoons even, uh, movies. A lot of those cosplay are for uh, characters that are white. And this is how you know it's a problem is when characters who are white when black people dress up as them a lot of people say that they're desecrating the character or that's not how uh, the character actually is um, a big example of this is the hunger games where uh rue uh was cast in the movie by amanda slamberg i think i said her last name wrong san sandberg anyway it doesn't matter uh, she was cast as Rue when she was 12, I believe it was. And in the book, it explicitly says that Rue is black. When she was cast, there was so much racist rhetoric uh, surrounding that because she was cast as a black person. And this goes to show that when you read or when you're reading a book, your mind automatically defaults to the character being white because it's so normal for characters to be white. And so um, the, the, the racism is kind of actually why I went to go see The Hunger Games. And um, this dog is going off. Um, the, yeah, the, the racism is actually what made me want to go see The Hunger Games because I wanted to support um, Amanda and I wanted to support uh, um, the movie that would have stay true to the books because a lot of movies change books and change characters um, to different races uh, but for them to stay true to the books and have the character cast as a black person and her district was actually where all the black people were and it's described in the book as that uh, so the fact that our minds automatically default to a white person as a character is also problematic and also why we need more visibility because we need to be able to think outside quote unquote think outside the box when it comes to casting um when it comes to um casting when it comes to even reading and writing what we what we see and as an actual um, society opposed to a idealized one where it's white. Um, a lot of book authors tend to be white as well and people write what they know. So that's also why we need more visibility in writing, producers, directors, because people tend to tell stories that they know uh, and um, so we we need that um, so I think I talked about the Oscars a little but before um, let's see it's 2020 I think that we have had about 40 black Oscar nominees uh, and the Oscars started in the early 1900s, I want to say. So to have only 40 or so black uh, 
40 or so black nominees is problematic. Um, we have, I think about, of that 40 nominations, I think about there's only 10 wins, I think. Um, and most of them are for adapted screenplay or screenplay. It's not, there's, most of them are not in the major awards like acting. Um, I think that Precious won Best Picture. I know it did win for screenplay, but I don't remember if they were, if it was um, uh, won for Best Picture. But that was a big year uh, for Precious because Monique won for Best Supporting Actress. Um, Gabby Sidibe was nominated for Lead Actress. She didn't win, but she was nominated. Um, and then, of course, the movie was up for the Oscar and the screenplay was up for the Oscar. And I believe Lee Daniels was also up for director. So um, that was kind of a big year. Every now and then we'll have, like, good years. Like this last Emmys, there were a lot of black people nominated. Barely, I think only one or two black people were actually actually won. But it was also a big year. We tend to have, like, these bursts in um in nominations depending on the year um and um yeah we tend to have these bursts where everyone's like everything's okay we have 15 black nominations out of all of the nominations and is everything's okay like the oscars so white movement i think that jada pinkett started that but like the oscars so white we're more diverse. Oscars are not white. We nominated 15 black people. Uh, you still need, it still needs to be better. Um, so we have that. Now, going into Black Panther. Black Panther was a phenomenon because I think that is the one superhero movie that every black person has seen. Every black person I've seen online, like in Facebook, uh, um, Instagram, all the social medias, every black person that I know saw Black Panther at least one time. And that's not to say everybody liked it. Uh, most people did, but there were a few people who were like, story wasn't strong enough or whatever. But I know at least every black person has seen Black Panther once. And the reason is because we had a black superhero. Now, if you, and it was a major black superhero from like a major studio. Like, cause if you want to talk about like black superheroes, we had like Meteor Man played by Robert Townsend in the like early nineties. And he was a big, he was a super black superhero, but he wasn't like in Marvel universe kind of uh, black universe. I mean, Marvel Universe type of film, like um, film studio. Meteor Man was a self-produced movie but directed by the same guy who played Meteor Man, Robert Townsend. And the story was about uh, cleaning up local violence, which is great. But a lot of people want to suspend belief when they watch movies. And Black Panther 
was one of those movies. And so we saw a black superhero on screen. We saw a black Afrocentric uh, superhero on, on uh, screen. Wakanda was African. It was literally in Africa. It was hidden from the outside world, like the, the like real Wakanda. But Wakanda is in Africa. They spoke uh, Zoso, I think is the South African language. Um, they spoke that. Uh, they had, like, Black Panther was, like, black, black. Um, he, uh, he, he, he was black, black. Uh, they got, a, like, a darker-skinned actor. He wasn't trying to be white. They didn't try to whitewash him. We had a black guy who wrote and directed the movie. The costume designer was black. Just about the whole production was black, except for like the studio releasing it, which is Disney and Marvel. So to have a film that is so Afrocentric uh, and so well acted meant a lot to a lot of black people. Um, and it was a, um, it was a phenomenon. And I know it, and I know that a lot of the movie, a lot, a lot of the money that uh, the movie made was people seeing more th the movie more than once. I personally saw the movie three times. Uh, my sister saw it like three or four times with my niece. Uh, I know other black people who have seen it multiple times. Uh, I've seen it in like almost every type of theater. I saw it in IMAX. I saw it in like the seats that move uh, I forget what those are called and then I saw it in a regular theater and every time I went the theater was packed with black people I don't think that this was I, well I, I think this may have been the first movie where theaters were packed with black people um, and, and I'm saying this even with movies that are black centric like the Medea movies uh, which is a whole other topic. Um, and like, t yeah, like Tyler Perry movies. Um, I'm sorry, that's all I can think about with black centric movies right now. But there's, there are some others. Um, oh, Girls Trip. Uh, that, maybe Girls Trip had a lot of black people going too. But there was, there was also a huge white population that was watching it and it didn't mean as much because white people have superheroes all the time uh it just it felt good to be empowered by somebody on screen and i think with the passing of chadwick boseman we saw a little bit of that hope of seeing ourselves represented in strong major roles like diminished uh, and Chadwick Boseman was a warrior he was because he filmed like five or six movies after he was diagnosed with colon cancer uh, and he was strong he uh, he did what he was supposed to do his la uh, his last movie that he appeared in is Ma Rainey and that hits Netflix I want to say in December uh, and so I will definitely be turning into tuning into that. 
Um, but yeah, Chadwick, Chadwick, Chadwick Boseman knew the significance of Black Panther. I think everybody on the film knew the significance of Black Panther and were rightfully so proud of the work because of what it represented. And uh, I don't know what the future of Black Panther will be. Um, I know that I definitely want another Black movie. I mean, another Black Panther movie. Well, it is a Black movie. I want another Black Panther movie. I would love to see Shuri take on the role as the Black Panther. Uh, in the comics, Shuri takes it from... Um, Shuri takes it from... Uh, oh, God. Blanked on his name. Thinking about Chadwick. Um, I'm just going to say, Shuri takes on the role of Black Panther in the comics. And so I would love to see that because not only would it be a black movie, but it would be a female driven movie, which we haven't really seen in the Marvel universe either. I know black widow was supposed to, um, have her own movie, but like with COVID that's been basically shattered because no one knows when that movie is going to come out now. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Seeing the the passing of Chadwick Boseman is like seeing your favorite, uh, your favorite idol pass away. Um, it hurt when Chadwick died. Uh, I know that he's at peace now. Colon cancer is not to mess with. Uh, but. Uh, we'll see what happens. Um, it's certainly one that hurt. And uh, hopefully we get more movies like Black Panther in the future. Uh, because visibility matters. It, people want to see themselves reflected on the screen. Uh, and uh, hopefully, hopefully we get more. Um, I don't think I've heard of any like black movies on the horizon. Um, kind of everything is shut down now because of COVID, but, um, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of what black media has meant for me and seeing myself reflected on the screen. Now, not all, I wouldn't say that all representations are positive because there are stereotypes and stuff like that, but, um, yeah, so I'm going to sign off. This has been musings of a black bipolar activist uh sorry if this was a little all over the place i had a lot of thoughts and i'm trying to keep it uh short so i think we're about 30 minutes in now um so anyway uh let's let's work on visibility and let's work on supporting black films work on supporting people of color films uh and so because when people see that these kind of stories are supported, they make more of them. Um, and I think Black Panther also was a big part of that. Like, oh, movies that are Afrocentric can be made and people will go see them. And so, uh, yeah. So rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. Uh, we miss you. And, uh, Hopefully we get a good movie despite you not being here. All right. Peace.